It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. It is I, your host, Jacob Lawrence, one half of the podcast Tag Team Champions of the World. Joined, like always, by my tag team partner, Mr. Cedric Welton. And we're here. It's Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Hell, some point on Saturday. It might even be Sunday when you're listening to this. Doesn't matter. But what matters is that you're listening to it, and we appreciate that. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, please go ahead and do us that favor. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, have podcasts, will travel. We're available there. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave a five-star review. Leave a comment. Tweet us. I'm at underscore J Dulles. Said is at said underscore says. That is C-E-D-D underscore S-A-Y-S. And of course, the show is at Believe in NXT on Twitter. And last but not least, though, we can't forget the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. They are at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Give them a follow as well. They're the nice, kind folks that allow us to use this platform that we have to talk about the current social injustices going on in the world. Oh, you thought we were done with that? No, 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 no. We're not going to go fully into that, but we will let you know again. Like I said, there will be a link in the show description for materials, donations, for Black Lives Matter funds, bailout funds, whatever. However you feel like you can best contribute or understand this, there will be a link that will have plenty of resources for you. Said, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I know we got to discuss some certain things in regards to this show, and I'm just ready <laughs> to hear your diatribe. <laughs> but I am more than prepared to combat every single thing that happened on this NXT show. <laughs> Every single thing. But like, like good professional uh, journalists that we are, we're going to go in order and save that for the end. <laughs> this was a very light NXT um, for a go-home show. It had some action set up some feuds, had a few promos, um, and an ending that was definitely a tearjerker. But we started off with a feud that is act- actually gave us another match at TakeOver, Mia Yim taking on Candice LeRae, um, which really wasn't a bad match, you know? I'm actually liking this dark version of Candice LeRae. I like the entrance music. I like that she gets booed. Um, now all of that's kind of working for me. What did you think of the match itself? I enjoyed it. And it's also like we got three matches in one, it felt like. Yeah, that was, I think, yeah, this took up majority of the first hour of the show, I felt like. Yeah, we got that Teddy Long special out of this. But I'm enjoying Little Poison Pixie, a.k.a. Little Killer Frost. 
I like her little edge. I don't know if you caught this, but when Mia Yim came in and like right before Candace jumped her, she made fun of like how Mia does her hand. She's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, she's looking like such a Karen right now. Like just great little subtle hill work. And I enjoyed it. I was really enjoying just a one-on-one match. They broke down into that brawl that brought out Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, which, like you said, led us to get a six-man, or I'm sorry, a six-woman match for TakeOver, which we talked about on the preview show. So y'all go check that out. Listen to our sure-to-go-right predictions. And I don't think this is the end of this between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. Absolutely not. I think this actually is going to have some legs for a while. I, I like the tea leaves that they're planting with Tegan Knox being a part of this, um, just because she was a part of the, the spoof video uh, last week. But this was the right call here. Candice LeRae, I guess, in the, like you said, the Teddy Long special, um, Dakota Kai, Raquel showed up, Shotzi and Tegan showed up, and then we got a mixed match challenge out of nowhere where Keith and Johnny weren't even tagged in, really. And somehow Candace still picked up a roll-up, which was the right call. I yep. think this is going to lead to a longer feud. And I think this is great. I, I, we talk about it literally every show. Having these second-tier feuds away from the belt are what build the brand. And this is a perfect one to keep moving forward with. Exactly. We talked about it with Kel and Jeff. Like you, especially for the women's division, you got to do something outside of the title picture. Right. You can look at Raw and you can look at SmackDown. Well, SmackDown, not so much because they have Mandy Rose, the whole um, Sonya Deville, and it looks like somehow they're roping in Lacey Evans now. Yeah, they are. But you look at Raw, you literally have Asuka and Kyrie Sane. You have Nia Jax, and then you have Charlotte just popping in whenever you want. Like, I thought they were going to do something with the whole Shayna being the ass about, oh, who cares? Becky when it got pregnant. I'm sorry, Becky when it got knocked up when she's at the top of the mountain. How stupid can you be thing? But it looks like they dropped that. Yeah, I think they did drop that. Shayna hasn't been seen in a couple weeks now. Yeah, so you just get like an occasional Liv Morgan bit. But yeah, you need quality matches, quality rivalries, quality feuds, because that's how you help establish contenders. Because eventually, in the case of Raw, Oscar's going to finish up with Nia Jax. And then what? You just going to trot out Bianca Belair or you just going to roll Natty out? Because I think there's like a thing. It's like, all right, you get the giant, then we give you the heart, and then we'll figure something out. We talked about this already. Bianca Belair is currently in the middle of a feud with Ruby Riot on main event. That's right. The main event that airs on Wednesday night that is just an hour-long show. You took somebody who was undefeated pillar of the NXT Women's Division, and you brought her up to the Raw roster to put her on main events. And to make her husband's golf pants for his bit. Hey, them pants was fire. I, I'm not even going to get on him about that. Pants was fire. Oh, I no, I'm just saying. Blair, I would say make me a pair, but you're wa- they're, they're literally wasting her talent. Yeah, you could have left her in NXT. You could have had a challenger for Charlotte, which we've talked about. But, alas, we don't. So, that's that. But, yeah, Candice, Mia Yim is great. 
and the finish did come with Mia picking, getting a roll up. I'm sorry, Candace getting a roll up on Mia after Gargano stabbed or raped Keith Lee in the eye with his car keys. Can't get more chicken shit than pulling out your car keys. Yeah, true. So yeah, that added another layer to the Gargano Keith Lee match for Takeover, which we talked about in the preview episode. And I'm just really glad that out of this, we got six women. Four extra women are getting a spot and some shine. That is true. And they're getting to shine at, at a takeover, something that hasn't, um, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's beautiful to see. I'm here for it. I think it's going to be an exciting match overall. Yeah, I meant to bring that up. But this, I think this is the first takeover with two women's matches. Let me think. Was there nothing at War Games? No, because... Dun, dun, dun. Rhea was the women's ch- no. Shayna was the women's champ at War Games, and she was in the War Games match. So Shayna was women's champs champ at War Games. She, yeah, you're right. She was in the War Games match, and then Takeover Portland was Shayna Bianca. Shayna Bianca. No, I'm sorry, Rhea Bianca. There was no Baszler. But no, that 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 takeover Portland also had Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in the card as well. Yeah, right. That is true. That was their street fight. Yeah, absolutely right. But this is the most women on a takeover card that's not a war games match. Sure. Absolutely. And six women in action. Yeah, it gives Shotzi Blackheart some more TV time. It gives Raquel Gonzalez some more ring time with a bunch of women who can work in the ring. That's very true. So yeah, I'm here for it. I like where this is going. I don't see this feud ending between me and Yim and Candice Ray, nor do I see it ending between Gargano and Lee. Let this cook the SummerSlam. I don't care if I got to get a mixed tag team match at SummerSlam. Just let oh, it go. We got a fact check again. We got a fact check. So, six women on one card. That's not War Games. Yes, two women's matches. We go throw it back to take over Toronto. We also had Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, then Baszler and Yim. That was a fatal four way? No, no, no. Two separate matches. Two separate matches. Okay, okay. So, I mean, they, they put double women's matches on the cards before. That's just what I was trying to gotcha. point out. And if you look at TakeOver 25. But yeah, this is eight women on the 11, nine women on the TakeOver card. It's huge. It's a good look. It's a real good look. Ooh. Nope. I'm just going to text you my thought that just came to my mind. Not even going to say it. I'm just going to text it to you because I so don't. that sounds like it was going to be flagrant. So pretty much we got. <laughs> <clears throat> we didn't, we also didn't throw in. We got the mixed match challenge. We got the mixed match challenges and match because Mia Yim and Cancelary fought to a double count out. Then they restarted the match as a mixed match challenge. So that all that to say, um, it's going to be a great few going forward between all four of uh, Gargano, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Cancelary. Now, before we got on the line to do this Saturday morning audio dope, we talked about a certain 
um, premier athlete whose sole purpose is to take L's. Well, take another L. Um, to a man that takes a lot of L's himself, man, Swerve Scott defeated Tony Nice, which was a weird match to me. Uh, great action in match, but um, CM Gallagher showed up during the match to stare at um, Swerve Scott. So it looks like Nice and Gallagher are a tandem and they both have issues with Swerve Scott. I don't know what they're trying to paint there. Toy Swerve got out of town fast after picking up the roll up versus um, Tony Nice while, while Nice and Gallagher pretty much told him to get back in the ring to fight. So I don't know if this is a 205 live thing. I'll admittedly say I haven't seen 205 live lately. Um, do you know the issues that Gallagher has with with Isaiah Swerve Scott? All right. So remember, like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago in the Cruiserweight tournament, where Swerve cut that promo and was like, look, this is the best of the best. And if your ass can't pick up a win, you just don't deserve to be here. Absolutely. That's what this that's what started this because remember when Swerve was coming down to the ring to take on CM Gallagher. Tony Nese bum-rushed Swerve and gave Gallagher the edge, which led to Gallagher eventually picking up a win and ending Swerve's hope. And now this was basically Gallagher trying to run back and get and, you know, help Nese back out. I'm not sure if anything has happened on 205 Live. I haven't watched 205 Live in a couple weeks or months because they kind of put a halt to it and now they're getting it back and I haven't watched. I don't know if there's a continuation in between that, but that is where this whole angle started. Got it. So, CM Gallagher just returning the favor. They're the dastardly heels. Swerve is the baby face that just doesn't care. And yeah, Swerve eats a lot of pins, but the man's Teflon. For some reason, he takes a pin, takes an ounce, like, okay, whatever. And it doesn't hurt his stock. Like, you could make Swerve a cruiserweight title challenger right now, and you would 100% buy that Swerve has a chance to win. Yeah, Tony Nese is just here to flex, count his abs, and take L's. But there's something that we did miss. There were a couple promos before we got to that match. <laughs> like, there was a Ciampa promo where, where Ciampa was basically like, look, Cross, you're not going to make your name at my expense. So bring your A game. I'll see you at TakeOver. I'm sorry, I just saw Jacob's text, which is why you hear me laughing in the background. And you know what? I, I, the chaotic side of Cedric is like, hey, nah, go ahead and get that off. But I mean, I, I know, get I, it I, off. I, it I, it I know, ain't no problem. I know it's going to lead to another sidebar. So let's, let's, just, let's just continue on. Let's no, no, I'll get it off. No sidebar. No sidebar. <laughs> so we were stating how there are nine women on the takeover card which is the most for a takeover with how a war games match of those nine women, you only have half a black woman. I say half because Mia Yim is half black. Raquel Gonzalez, Latina, Dakota Kai, New Zealander, Tegan Knox, New Zealander. They may be Aussies. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have Candice Ray, white, Shotzi Blackheart, white. Charlotte Flair, white. Rhea Ripley, New Zealander, a.k.a. white. Io Shirai, Asian. Like, I know there's got to be some black women in the PC. 
Gotta be some black women in NXT. Vanessa Bourne. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you could have brought Bianca Belair back. You could have kept her in NXT. But I just noticed it was a little interesting tidbit. That's all. That's just one of your random little stats. This is like a WWE stat that they randomly pull out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're talking about some promos that happened between this Swerve Scott Nice match and the mixed match tag? Yep. You got a Ciampa basically telling Cross, you're not going to make your name off of me. Don't think I'm going to just lie down. I am the face of NXT, so I'll see you. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, give you a little extra, a little something to it. And then we get your boy Dexter Loomis being real creepy, which is on brand, but. That's his MO. That's his thing. So he's interviewed by Sarah Schreiber. She asks him a question. And this man goes and gets a pack of Sharpies and a piece of white paper and an easel. And I don't, I, I don't think Dexter Loomis drew this. You buying that Dexter Loomis drew this? You know what? It might, I'm not going to say he didn't. It might be some hidden talent that he has. You never know. But yeah. So Loomis starts drawing. They go to commercial. We finally get the answer later on. And it's a pretty nice little um, little drawing of the Undisputed Era stuck in a car, looking like they got kidnapped with Dexter Loomis driving away just with a maniacal look on his face with the takeover in your house logo. So It could be a scene of events to come. I mean... Yep. Look out for that in the main event of TakeOver in your house because that I think that's just foreshadowing that Dexter Loomis is going to be involved somehow. Yep. And then we also got a Drake Maverick promo. They caught Drake when he was arriving to Full Sail and Drake was like, look, it's going to be the best day of my life or the worst day of my life. But either way, it's going to happen. And he was happy about it. It was, it was, it was great to see, man. Just playing up the moment. Like, again... For those that never saw Drake Maverick in Impact as Rockstar Spud, this, all these promos, I'll exclude the original one from Twitter because that was 100% real life. But all of this, this is what made Rockstar Spud so great. Was the man can talk. The man can cut a promo. Like he delivers and he makes you feel invested and care about him as a character and as a person. And yeah, you're right. He was happy. He was like, whatever. This ride comes to an end one way or the other. I've given it all my best. Hopefully I win. If not, it is what it is. Yeah, he's doing his thing, man. He was ready to, to go out there and go to battle, man. And then we got a prime target preview of the Cole Dream Match. For those that might not be familiar, WWE usually does these prime target specials on the network, and they're usually about 30 minutes long. And they're really dope, really well produced. Like, you got a glimpse of it. And you know what the highlight of this was for me? Besides the fact that Undisputed Air is out here trying to be like a knockoff for Horseman? Or a knockoff... Evolution? Yep. That was word. (laughs) Can we talk about Kyle O'Reilly's beard? Yo, Kyle O'Reilly with the fully realized red beard out here. That was... That was different to see, man. <laughs> that beard, that hat, those glasses. Like, he just came out the woods. Like, he went to go find himself, and he just came back. And they're like, hey, we got to go meet Adam for a fancy dinner. Throw this suit on real quick. 
man, like that man is the epitome of quarantine right now. Ooh, boy. He was he looking like not, I was looking. He did not look like his normal self, which 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 showcases that hey, hey, if you have been sick in any type of way, or if you're at high risk, you should be quarantining. I don't care if things are opening up right now at all. Of course, we are unified and in solidarity with these protests, but make sure you be safe out there, man. Same time. Exactly. So We're still in the middle of a global pandemic. This thing has not gone away yet. So be careful. Yeah, like don't like don't forget we're still in the middle of a pandemic here. Like a lot of states and areas have seen a spike in cases because oh, I don't know, Memorial Day was like two weeks ago. Yep. And everybody was at the beach. So you go get tested. Yeah. You go get tested, everything comes back. Boom, boom. Hmm. Two plus two equals four. Don't blame it on the protesting people. It takes about a week at minimum for coronavirus to manifest in your system. It takes you about five days to get your results back, if not longer or shorter, depending upon where and who you are. And, oh, speaking of facial hair from this Prime Target special, did you notice that Dream had a little little, little something down there and it looked a little reddish blonde? So, yes, that was another thing that I did notice. Um, Voting Dream dyed his beard blonde um, on top of the fingernails being painted, which which plays up to some of the people saying he's kind of like Dennis Rodman. Um, yeah, the beard was dyed blonde, so I don't know what this means for his gimmick going forward. I got nothing. Now, the fingernails, I take that as back to the more androgynous nature of the character when it first originated and the Prince reference and vibe that a lot of people got. So that's how I treat the fingernails. Like, I'd never... It doesn't bother me one way or the other. I see no Rodman comparison with that. But the beard, interesting choice. The rollerblading threw me off. Like, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? He's being the Velveteen Dream. Carefree. Rollerblading, and okay. Has nothing to do with the fight at hand. Nothing seemed definitive about he took a trip to down memory lane. Title. That's what it was. Um, and then the then the fake prints in the mirror, man. That was that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. We could have just got a real image of Prince, you know what I'm saying, and put the holographic image in the mirror. But they went and got a, a a man to dress up like Prince and sit there to be photographed. That was terrible. Yeah. Like, I saw that shit, and I was like, what the hell is, like, what are we doing here? I've got to rewind. <laughs> Let me rewind this real quick. I literally paused it when it happened, and I was like, what? Like, you ever be so tired where you're like, hold on, am I tripping? Like, I didn't see that. <laughs> I didn't just see that. Literally, I was like, hold on, I know I'm not this tired. Like, But yeah, they went and did that. And I was just like, okay, this this is fine. This is fine. Like, somewhere Prince is rolling over in his grave being like, this shit. Like, really? I didn't deserve, I didn't deserve to be a part of that. <laughs> He's like, you come on. You make me a part of that at all. He's like, come on. We, we could have just stuck with the subtle hints and the implied references. Y'all y'all didn't have to do me like yeah, this. We all, we all knew that that's where this character was, was spawned off of, but we didn't need to, like, actually confirm it, like, So, yeah, 
That was uh, interesting. You know what else is interesting? Do tell. Breezango back. <laughs> yeah. You know what else? I mean, I, I'm happy that Brizango is back, but I will be even more happier when we get Fashion Files back. So fashion Files are gold. And it should almost be like a separate show on the WWE Network because I will totally stream and watch that all the time. But just to give you guys a little more feedback on Brizango, um, Adam Cole got into his little tiff with William Regal last week and demanded that Undisputed Era get a rematch at the tag team titles, which led to us a triple threat match between Undisputed Era, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorcan, and a mystery team to take uh, on each other for number one contendership for the tag team titles now held by Imperium. We were, uh, two teams came out, then we get some spacesuits and NASA references, and we see Breeze and Dango coming back down to the ring in full NASA gear, which leads us to see that Fandango's healthy. Uh, he's been out for a while. I think it's been, has it been like six months? At least. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Breeze was kind of doing his thing on his own, uh, doing taking the 205 live route. Um, good to see these guys back together. Not only that, they this was actually a banger of a match, to be honest. It was a great match. All three teams showed great chemistry. Um, Brizango ends up winning, and I think they actually picked the pin up over the Undisputed Era. Did Bobby Fish eat that pin? I think Bobby Fish ate that yes. pin. Bobby Fish ate that pin. Yeah, Bobby Fish ate that pin after getting a uh, beauty kick. He took the beauty kick and the leg drop. Combo. And the leg drop. Yeah, he was. He, he had just just for a historical data reference. He had a fully black beard last night. There was no sign of gray, which is why he ate that pin. Um, Agreed. All this to say. Brizango comes back as a surprise, picks up the win, and now they're number one contenders. Seems like they're kind of picking up where they left off when they first came to NXT. But, but holy hell, this just pushes Birch and Lorcan to the back of the line after we've been sitting through these promos and ways to flesh out their British roots the past couple of weeks, man. That's it's kind of um, well British and British on uh, Birch's part, but um, British and Bostonian roots. Yeah, man. So, like, what does that mean for those two when it looked like they were next in line to get this title shot? We were really going to push this, like, hard-hitting feud between those two and Imperium. All right. So, at first glance, yeah, it looks like they're going to get buried. Like, they just got moved to the back of the line. But looking at it now, you know what I see? I see this as Brizongo and Imperium being a one-off. And Birch and Lorcan getting a little bit more burn with Imperium. Why would they need more burn with Imperium? They they have a very they have a very lengthy feud. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they'll get a lengthy feud with Imperium. Like I feel like Breeze and uh, Fandango with Imperium. It's going to be like one match. Call it done. Lurkin and Birch will probably get a couple matches out of Imperium. They'll find a way. That's fair. Because Birch and Lorcan weren't involved in the finish of the match at all. So they could be like, hey, we had nothing to do with this. We didn't get pinned. We weren't involved. We're the better team. And you know it. That's why you couldn't beat us. That's why you had to go pin Bobby Fish. Okay. So you think it's going to be a slow burn for for Lorch and Birch? Yes. Uh, Orkin, sorry, Lorcan and Birch to get that tag title shot 
Yep. Except make it slow. Okay, I can see that. I can buy into that. I mean, they definitely deserve their time and the sun to be tag team champions at some point. They've kind of just been hanging in the back for a while. So, I mean, I hope they do get their run at some point. It looks like they're just going to take the, uh, the long road there. Yeah, you know, you ain't got nothing else to do with the tag team picture. Well, suddenly the tag team picture looks very crowded. And I think this is what we've been alluding to. Like when Imperium came back, you, you unfortunately split up Broser Weights, but I mean, Pete Dunn just sent out a tweet earlier and said, hey, Broser Weights versus Brizango in the fight pit, which I, I, I'd watch it. Um, so maybe, maybe we get a little bit of a recall of Matt Riddle since the tag team division is deep again. But so far, we've got Imperium, Undisputed Era, Brizango, Lorcan and Birch, Induce Chair, and Bootleg Young Bucks. Okay, let's not even include the bootleg young bucks. You have five tag teams right now. The Champs, Imperial, Brizongo, the Punjabi Punishers, UE, Birch, and Lorcan. Which is really interesting because I forgot about the Punjabi Punishers till Imperium comes out after, you know, they want to look at Brizongo. It's like, okay, cool. And then here comes Michael Bivens in the face that you just want to punch. Just rolls out with a little Punjabi Punishers. They make they make Michael Bivens look like a small, small man. <laughs> that, like, that they do. Like million dollar arm and his buddy make him look so small. But yeah. And what's interesting is you ever just look at Bivens and just watch his face, even when the camera's not fully focused on him? Yes. Like, it's just hilarious. Like, he just had that maniacal smile and look on his face, and he just turned it straight stone face. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no. Like That dude has all the charisma as a manager. Oh, the man is great, and I'm just mad that he's stuck with these two. I was very tempted to put him in my uh, Sweet 16 bracket on After Buzz, uh, greatest manager of all time, but he just hasn't had enough in the company yet to to warrant that spot. Yeah, he hadn't had enough for, like, the average person. Because if you go look at him at Stokely Hathaway with Ring of Honor and other places, the boy got busy on that mic. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, in due time. Due time, he's going to climb those ranks. In due time, hopefully he drops the Punjabi Punishers and picks up somebody like old... Shane Thorne. Damian Priest. Reeves. Just something. So, give me somebody good. Bunch of stars out there for him to, to groom and be the mouthpiece for. Yeah. And speaking of stars and grooming, being a mouthpiece, we come back from commercial and we get a the little recap of last week's dot-com exclusive of Chelsea Green being like, you're fired, Robert. He's like, oh, yeah, you're so funny, Chelsea, you're fired. He's like, oh, wait. So, Chelsea Green has fired Robert Stone. Aaliyah was in action against Santana Garrett. And I was like, oh, Aaliyah's going to pick up a dub? Nope. Robert Stone comes out the watch. Robert Stone looks like he hadn't shaved, bathed, showered, slept. Yeah, he didn't change. He's wearing the same suit. Hair all unkept. 
But run this back real quick, because Satana Garrett, Satana Garrett interest is kind of fire. I didn't know that was her until her name popped across the screen. And then the outfit was giving me major uh, Mickey James vibes from like back in the day. So is this a character that the women's division is going to be building here? Because I mean, it, it would behoove them to continue building more people that can go. Now I know Garrett picked up the win. She didn't do a lot in this match. She hit her spots and you don't want to hear this, but this might've been Aaliyah's best work that I've seen. Is that really saying much? She's not, okay. She's not a bad wrestler. She, you just got to have the right dance partners, but she looked aggressive, had a lot of things that she did in the ring that I didn't know she had in her repertoire. And I'm going to come out and say it. She deserved to be on the main roster. All right, so I'm going to piss you off and just completely undo your whole thing real quick. You said she's not a bad wrestler, just needs the right dance partner, deserves to be on the main roster. You know what you just described Aaliyah as? El Hijo de Fantasma. Holy sh... That's no. We're not transitioning to that. I'm done. We're not transitioning to that. It's the baby. Let's go home. You know I'm right. Nope. 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 No, That's Phantasma every, has done nothing. That is everything you have said about wild. Phantasma for the past month on this show. Not the same. It's not the same at all. And if you, you know what? This was a short match. Santana Garrett defeated Aaliyah. Aaliyah was trying to plead with Robert Stone to, and as he was walking away, to think Robert Stone is desperately looking for more talent to manage. Uh, Chelsea Green actually put out a tweet earlier today. Uh, saying that she was looking for new representation and there are rumblings that Chelsea Green is destined for Raw or SmackDown and her debut will be there soon. And it's possible just because she got the Charlotte Flair rub last week. I don't know. And I'm going to come out and say, I don't think Chelsea Green is exactly ready for the main roster. I would li- have liked to see her get a better run in NXT first. But I mean, she has a character that can always be an, uh, an antagonist. So I think you always need more of those uh, on any brand. So to get some more shine, I think she should carry a Robert Stone brand with her. But until then, Robert Stone ain't got no talent, and that's the angle they're running with, the fact that he's going to be looking for um, someone else to represent. And I think he'll probably be in the men's division here soon. So that's what happened there. Um, I'm, 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 I'm debunking all this El Hijo shit, but we got another match to talk about first. I'm just saying, everything you just said, Basically translated to El Hijo de Fantasmas. Go ahead and talk about your boy, man. Oh, you mean your boy Kevin Grimes with squash match, which I call it. Was it a squash match? Was it it really a squash match? All right, it was a quick match. Bronson Reed dominated. So Cameron Grimes fought Bronson Reed. And if if you can take my face and see the dismay on my face when I heard Cameron Grimes' music, because I was literally of thinking we were, I was going to go a whole show without seeing him, and I was so happy. Um, you can put that in the Hall of Fame somewhere of, of gifts and memes. I swear you could. But he took on a returning Bronson Reed who we haven't seen in some time. And Bronson Reed showed his full arsenal this match. He would dominate the entire match. And this match done, did nothing but prove what I've been saying for the past three months. Cameron Grimes can't work. He didn't do shit this whole match, but he hits his little, whatever they call it, his 
the cave-in. Avalanche, cave-in, whatever. It's garbage. It looked garbage when he did it yesterday, too. He barely got it off. And that's only because Bronson Reed went to the top rope. So he this whole match, Bronson Reed dominated the whole match just to miss one move off the top rope and get hit with a cave-in, one, two, three. Is that really the picture we're just going to paint as Cameron Grimes? Are we trying to really paint him in the ilk of a ultimate opportunist that he's just picking up wins? I'm sick of it. I'm just, I'm straight up sick of it. They're trying to make this caveman seem like it's the phenomenal forearm and stuff, and, I, and I'm not having it. I'm not going for it. You, you don't? I was letting you get it all out. No, nah, no, nah, the floor is yours. I, I, I want to spend as little amount of time on Cameron Grimes as possible. <laughs> All right, so I really have nothing else to add other than the fact that, yeah, they're trying to make the cave-in seem like this sudden impact move that catches you by surprise. And so I'm watching this match back as we're talking about it, and I noticed something about Bronson Reed's interest. When he stomps on the um, ring steps, they actually shake the camera to um, kind of give you that effect as if he's that much of a force. They're treating it like an RKO, and it's disgusting. Hey, man, it comes out of nowhere. Put down Finn Balor. But needless to say, yeah, your boy picked up a win. And after the match, your boy almost got picked apart, but he decided to be smart and tuck his tail and run away. Because Killer Cross, a.k.a. Karrion Cross, showed up, hit Bronson Reed with a doomsday Seattle suplex, that looked real crisp and effortless. Like, Bronson Reed is a big man. And Cross just threw him like he was nothing. And then told Chompa basically, hey, I'll see you Sunday. Looking forward to it. What's wrong, man? You you got nothing for Cross? Just dismantling Bronson Reed? Because it, it's, it's keeping us on the subject of Cameron Grimes. All right, so we can move on to the other subject that'll Let's really get you up. upset. But yes, Cameron Grimes, sorry. Yes, Karrion Cross came in and just attacked um, Bronson Reed after the match. Typical heel move. Uh, gets square in the camera and says... I think I think the word they're using for this carrying cross Champa feud is special. He's going to show Champa how special he is. TikTok was the message. So you know what the last the last few the last thirty minutes of NXT really really affected my sleep last night, man. <laughs> I, you know, like I tossed and turned the rest of the night, man. I, I even tweeted about it, but. Um, I'm going to let Jacob have his moment in the sun because um, he's on a streak of being correct. And we're talking about the the finals to the interim NXT Cruiserweight title with Drake Maverick. Took on El Hijo Del Fantasma. And it was a back and forth match. I mean, honestly, it was for me, it was a snooze fest because I thought I knew the result already. And uh, lo and behold... The masked men did show up. 
they they did show up and they made their presence felt to try to kidnap Phantasma and Drake Maverick played the martyr there and attacked the um the masked men, but it was to his demise that he got back in the ring and became a casualty and lost to Phantasma, lost title. So th- this is my problem with this. And I know you're going to have the, your I told you so's and all of this, but you remember how I compared this to Cain Velasquez showing up? That's exactly what it was. It was such a flat moment because everybody was focused on Drake Maverick. And that was the last image that you saw at the end of, at the end of NXT. So I get that they wanted to give us the curveball here. They wanted to give us the good old swerve, but for what? For what? What was so hard about giving Drake Maverick the interim title when you were going to end the show with him anyway? That's what's dumb about this. You you fall flat on Phantasm winning the title because nobody cared. We cared about Drake Maverick overcoming, which eventually he does, but it's like you could have had the same result as him winning the title, and then it would have been even more potent when he loses to Jordan Devlin because it's crushing all his hopes and dreams. That's how you build Hill Heat. Nobody cares about Phantasm carrying his belt, man. Nobody. And it's like he didn't even end the show holding up the belt. He got up out of there quick, and we see Triple H come out and give Maverick a title. Or sorry, give him give Maverick a contract. So the same thing could have been achieved by Maverick just winning the title. It's like, why'd you have to go through all these different loops and turns on the road to get to the same destination? That's my problem with it. Because it it, it, may, it makes the title feel cheap. And we talked about this on another episode, but um, or we talked about this offline. Jordan Devlin sent out a fire t- tweet uh, pretty much saying that everybody knows who the real champion is, that somebody else is carrying, carrying around a... a uh, fake plastic interim championship belt and to not believe the hype. You know what? I'm with Jordan Devlin on this because the storyline doesn't, doesn't have any credence to it. Yes. Phantasm, you're the interim champion, but nobody cares. Congratulations, WWE. You played yourself. Floor is yours. (laughs) Oh, you know, I never come here and take victory laps. You know that, right? Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Yes, I just you do. Tell, I tell you, I told you so, and I keep it moving. I never really take a victory lap. Let's see. Um, 9.45 a.m. I got a picture sent to my phone of Phantasma holding the Cruiserweight title. To which I respond, responded, I was waiting on this. Jacob then tells me to look at it. I already looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> Then he sends me the handshake picture. Yes, Phantasma got the handshake picture with Triple H holding the title. You know what? And I didn't even see that on social media. You know why? Because nobody cared. <laughs> Drake Maverick was the thing that I was trending that everybody was liking and retweeting because it invoked real emotion and showed people that wrestling is real, that people getting behind you, fans getting behind you can actually make a change. That's what people wanted to see. We didn't care that Phantasma. I guarantee you, nobody even remembers that Fantasma won this match. We just have to talk about it because we got to be professionals. <laughs> okay, look, for the record, I texted you at 12.45 my time. letting That was just to make sure you were awake and alive. And, you know, sometimes people forget to respond back text. So I was like, let me send him something that I know he'll respond back to. 
So I was like, oh, okay, cool. He's good. Thank you very yeah. much for the record. <laughs> but yes, I don't really take victory laps. I did send it to you because if I wanted to take a victory lap, I'd have sent it to you last night. As soon as it went off the air over here for me, I'd have been like, boop. But yes. Uh, Phantasma that. picked up the win. Drake Maverick being the martyr did a suicide dive, gave the two men that work, gets back into the ring, eats a super kick, followed by basically a modified Michunoko driver. One, two, three, Fantastic Champ. Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick's facial expressions are priceless. Like Drake in the ring, priceless. Whoever the cameraman is that can get right up on his face for like even the most random of spots, great work. Pulls the camera in, cuts a promo. You can see the tears forming. He leaves. He's sitting there. He's like, well, shit, this is it. He said earlier tonight, either comes crashing down or I leave here happy. But either way, I made it this far, so on and so forth. And yeah, he had the nice moment with Triple H. He has an NXT contract now. And it brings me back to my point of why I pick Phantasmal, besides one, him being the shiny new toy, you giving all this hype. Two, you literally turned a shoot into a work. You literally released this man to save some money, part of budget cuts, because you weren't using him properly in a good enough role as just the GM of 205 Live. And then you're like, all right, well, we already decided to announce this tournament. Let's just give them a run. And it's like, hey, maybe we can work something out. It's kind of messed up, man. I'm happy for Drake Maverick, but it's like, damn. Like, can we not do this again? Yeah. And you know what's really, really interesting? And I really have questions on if Drake Maverick actually got a contract or if it was just a symbolic type of thing is I don't know if you watched this week's Impact or seen any clips from it. No, I haven't. But there is a clip, I will find it and text it to you so you can see it as I talk about it, where Impact's biggest show of the year is Slammiversary. It's their version of their WrestleMania, right? Right. So on this past week's Impact episode, they ran a little promo package that was basically saying it's a chaotic time in the wrestling business due to the worldwide pandemic. Several wrestlers have been released from their contract. We wish them the best in their future endeavors. And it shows clips of Gallows and Anderson, a glimpse at EC3, Drake Maverick, and it also has a Bulgarian flag, and then it just cuts to Slammiversary Saturday, July 18th. Interesting. Which is, if I'm not mistaken, three days or two days after everybody's 90-day no-compete is up. That is one bold-ass move. That is. So I just sent it to you. It's like a 30-second video. And... All I have to say is, for those that aren't familiar with Impact Wrestling, they did something like this very similar before. It was back in the middle 2000s, right around Impact's height, right? So they had this stable called the Main Event Mafia. 
you had Sting, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Kevin Nash, and a few others. They were heels. And this was trying, they were going to do a second go round with this stable. What these idiots, Dixie Carter and company, forgot to do was to lock certain people into contracts. So they were teasing this, and I believe Kevin Nash bounced back, Booker T left, and I think somebody else left. There was another player, but like three of the four big players they had playing for this angle left in the middle of the angle because they forgot to lock their contracts up. And they had to run a whole different course with it, and it just fell completely flat. So for you to run a teaser, teasing Gallows and Anderson, EC3, the Canellas, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just watched it. It's pretty huge, man. Gallows and Anderson, Mike Canellas, EC3. I mean, EC3 had his probably best days of his career there. Um, yeah, his best work was hitting Impact. I mean, if they get Russo, that's a big get, man. Eric Young did a lot of his work in Impact. And this wasn't like one of those like quick little glimpses. Like you could clearly see who was who. And now it's just like, well, Drake Maverick allegedly has an NXT contract. So good job, Impact. Right. Those are big gigs, man. Like you essentially teased his debut, but he just apparently looks like re-upped with WWE. You got to assume that if Gallows and Anderson are offered a WWE deal, they might re-up or they might go to Japan. I don't see them going to Impact unless they just want to for a little bit. Interesting. I, I don't watch Impact, but I mean, that I, I'm intrigued now. I'm definitely intrigued. Oh, they put on some good product. They've righted their ship now. But yeah, so NXT ended with Drake Maverick. I'm happy for him. Leo Rush tweeted out, was like, this feels a little cheap and disingenuous and shitty. He's like, yeah, okay. He pretty much said that, um, does that mean everybody else is going to get hired now? Because you're making a mockery of the firings uh, with this angle. And you have to feel for them. I mean, it's an honest thing to ask. Yeah, very fair. It's like, oh, you're trying to lowball everybody and everything, so. It'll be interesting to see what comes from this. So before we get out of here, Fantasmus Champ, I asked this last week. No, I asked this on the preview. Who's up first for Fantasma? You going, You still sticking with Kushida? You know the problem with this? I don't care. I literally don't care about this man's title <laughs> ring. I don't. And that that's petty. And I'll, I'll be petty. I'll be bitter. I do not care. 
I am ready for them to unify the belts whenever they get right with Devlin so I can see the real NXT Cruiserweight champion actually have his deserved title reign. Um, Fantasma's not my champion. Drake Maverick's my champion, and WWE made the wrong call. I'm going to be critical of this because the moment, the moment still happened, but the moment is deaf to me now. So do you have him challenge Kushida? Sure, because Kushida would be a better play for Devlin than Phantasma, let's be honest. Um, so, so it can be a number of people. Maybe um, Kushida, or it can be um, Swerve, like you said, because Swerve is the one who picked up the win over Phantasma in the Cruiserweight tournament. I think either of those would be a good um, first option for Phantasma, but I am going to be counting down the days <laughs> until Devlin actually resurfaces and ends this nightmare that is El Hijo del Phantasma. <sighs> All right, fine, cool, fair enough. I say Swerve or Kushida are likely challengers first. I can't wait till Devlin gets free. And one last thing. Actually, I know I said one last thing before, but I'm convinced now that Phantasma is in cahoots with these guys. Yeah, and I, never, I remember when I brought that up before that maybe it is like he's this mastermind behind everything. Yep. And that they may have slowly, subtly just gave Phantasma a heel turn. Possibly. Time will tell, though. But in the meantime, Seth is going to be highly pissed off about it, and I'm going to be here every week enjoying it every time we have to talk about him. Yeah. I, I, it. <sighs> to be fair, I tried to give Phantasma a chance, man. I tried to buy into the work, man, and, and there's still time. But now this, this, this betrayal, nah. <laughs> Nah, Drake Maverick was supposed to have that damn title, man. The longer play of having him be crushed by Devlin was the smarter play. I'm sick of these damn writers, man. You're right. It's the smart play if you know when you're getting Devlin back. Because then you can play with the whole, oh, well, you still have to earn it thing. You might not see Devlin back in the country this year. So what? So what? You, you can't play that whole, you have no contract, you have to earn it if Drake can still manage to stick around and be champ, like, no. That's my problem with that is the fact that, you know what, man? You shot yourself into a work. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to dive down the rabbit hole. Fantastic better put on some damn bangers. Cause I ain't seen nothing, but maybe half of one thus far. And that's what y'all want to ride into the sunset with for cruiserweight action for the next however many months. He better start putting on some bangers. <laughs> well, we're going to find out. He's either going to put on some bangers or he's going to be a Leah. I'm not, I'm not even, no, 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 we're not in on that. We're not going to do that because Leah just had a great ass match. Leah just put on a banger right now. Nope. Can't let you in on that. No, no. Nah. 
Again, your comparison literally checked out to how you describe Fantasma. Leah Leah okay. been working her ass off. She just like Natty said, she would love to see her on Raw or SmackDown. I think it's gonna come real soon. Okay. But that's uh, been the NXT, Believe in NXT podcast for today, your Saturday morning audio, audio dope. Tomorrow we got TakeOver in your house. Check out the preview. Let us know if we got our predictions right. Let us know if you don't like our predictions. Let's argue. Like I said, TakeOver automatically goes to a lesser review, maybe even a one-star review, if we don't have the original set. And I'm going to stand on my ground when I say they have big shoes to fill, not because they have in your house of past, but because the stadium stampede is undefeated. And I'm going to die on that hill. I'm trying to end this show on that. You know what? I'm going to let you have it this week. I'm going to let you have it. You had a rough week. I'm going to let you have it. This has been the Believe in NXT podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Dulles. Set is at said underscore says that is C-E-W-D underscore S-A-Y-S. Don't forget to follow the show at Believe in NXT. Pretty sure Seth will be on the account Sunday night getting these tweets off during TakeOver in your house. Remember, the bar is either going to be set at one star and struggle to get up from it, or it's going to be set at four stars and move accordingly, depending upon if that set is there after the opening package. Yep, that's how it is. Yep. We said what we said. I'm talking about as soon as you open up the show and that they have some fireworks there or whatever and and the set is not the same. Oh, we we starting we start from the bottom up. Yep, and it might be a fight to get up from that one star, but don't worry, we'll be here to tweet through it, let you guys know about it. Again, listen to the takeover episode where I dropped the classic gem regarding get rich or die trying in a certain main event. Just go listen, you'll understand. I channel my inner Kel Dansby. It's what it is. It's a terrible take. Let us step forth, right or wrong. Hear about for weeks. Oh, you gonna hear about this one, especially when I'm writing. Hey, this is Believe in NXT. I'm Jacob. That said, you got anything else for the nice people? Said. That's all I got, man. We're not here for Phantasma. I'm gonna let him have that because he had a rough week. So, until we come back with Wednesday's preview of NXT for that night and a recap of TakeOver, we're out of here. We out.